Hey everybody, so before we jump into today's podcast, I just wanted to A, thank you guys, give you a little bit of a reminder. If you enjoy this content, however you're watching it, consuming it, please like, follow, subscribe, whatever you gotta do, comment on it. If you can, leave us a review. It really helps us out and it can help grow our platform and reach more people. And if you know someone that can benefit from this, please share it with them. If you have a question, if you wanna reach out to us, let us know. And then lastly, we have all of our amazing programs, courses, and coaching available in the resources below. So check that out. Definitely take advantage of it. We have everything from free options all the way up to paid programs and everything in between to fit pretty much anyone's budget. And it's just a matter of how customized it's going to be based on the price point. So there's really something for everybody. Thank you guys. Let's get on into the episode. Yeah, fighters. What's going on, everybody? It's Mike here. We got special guest on Trevor of Chance Moist. Trevor, I got to be honest with you, dude. I don't even know your last name, man. I just know it's Trevor. You're a badass coach. <laughs> And I realized I wanted to do the introduction. I'm like, dude, I don't even know your last name or how to pronounce it. So, dude, kind of save me here a little bit and give me a full name so I don't screw it up. I am Trevor B. Hayes of Chance Muay Thai Academy out of the RDU area in North Carolina. Thank you very much, sir. I appreciate that recovery there, man. So, the way this kind of came up was you did an amazing freaking seminar at Road Combat Club. And I just thought it would be an awesome opportunity to have you jump on the podcast and you were just completely obliging and down to do it. And I know you just finished up a full freaking day of Muay Thai, so I can only imagine where your brain's at. But I figured not <laughs> it is still chock full of Muay Thai, so we're on a great topic. That, that's, what I, that's exactly what I was going to say, man. You got all that knowledge right there that's been released and going over all day. So I figured we'll kind of jump right into it. And the kind of talking point I wanted to look at, normally what I like to do is talk a little bit more about background and where you came from, how you got involved, but I was so excited about what you were talking about at the seminar that you did with us and also just kind of what you're doing with your seminars in general that I wanted to focus a little bit more on that because what's unique about when you're doing seminars, especially right now, and I know you got one coming up in Myrtle Beach, is that it's not for your own pocket, which is kind of crazy. It's for a good cause, non for profits depending on the situation or where you're at. So talk a little bit about what you're doing with the fundraising and the seminars that you put on, and then we'll actually dive into what you covered at our seminar. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, a lot of people are going, hey, I bet you're making great money at these seminars. And I say, we are making great money for other people. Um, I tell people I kind of have a uh, – I call it like, like a poor kid's mentality, I guess. Um, I grew up pretty, pretty humble. Um, my mom taught me like, Hey, if you can find a way to give back, you got to give back. So, uh, luckily, you know, I, I'm very, uh, I'm very, I've worked my ass off just to, uh, teach Muay Thai all day for to pay my bills. I've sacrificed so much, uh, to do this full time because it means the world to me and I like to help out. I just suck at doing stuff besides punching and kicking. So I found, I realized, um, back in December, my friend's kid, had some medical issues. It was born prematurely. They were racking up all kinds of bills. We put together a last-minute, like, uh, seminar thing, and uh, we all did, did raffling, raised, like, five grand. And I went, oh, this makes sense to me. So now I've committed to all my seminars being for charity. That's awesome, yeah. man. And that, that was honestly the first that I've at least seen and heard personally of the whole of the proceeds going to a charity. And I think that's an amazing thing. So that was like the first thing I wanted to mention right when you jumped on. 
And kind of with that, did you can talk about the next event that you got coming up? So we got a Myrtle Beach. What's the date? Where is it at? Uh, May 4th. It is my birthday fundraiser Woo-woo. seminar. Yeah. Um, I used to live in Myrtle Beach. I have a lot of friends there. I still help them train. Um, so reliving one of my wildest birthdays to date by doing a seminar for um, the wife of a black belt there. Uh, kids of black belt. Um, his wife, Megan is suffering from, from uh, some pretty awful cancer. Part of her uh, therapy is get stem cell treatment. So that apparently is not covered that well. Um, so we set up a GoFundMe. All proceeds go to hers. Uh, Josh Williams from Honey Athletics is launching a T-shirt for me. Um, to go, All proceeds go to the fundraiser for that. I'm trying to bring down other coaches to split it up, bring more people in, and see what we can do, man. So, yeah, Saturday, May 4th, 11 to 2. Myrtle, peace. Dirty Myrtle. And then I'm going to make sure that we got the link below. So if you guys are listening on the podcast on your phone, Matt, wherever you're listening to this, we got the link provided below. Click on over to that. If you want to actually get to it, the gym information will be there. And also we'll put that GoFundMe link up so if you guys, you know, show some support, man. The one thing I think that's pretty awesome about the community that we've built here is that we kind of help within ourselves. We help um, each other outside. Just kind of. Tubby's an awesome dude from from the amount of time we've been able to spend together. Even though it's brief, it's just you're an awesome guy and the knowledge that you drop and what you're doing with it. So I really want to make sure that we're kind of supporting you with that first and foremost. Wow, man, I am I am grateful to be a part of the best community on the face of the earth. Yeah, what's up, fighters? So with that being said, we'll get back to the seminar itself. And one of the interesting things that I thought you, you had a really – awesome blend in your style and i kind of want to talk about before we get into that little bit of style or not little bit of style before we get into that style i want to get a little bit into part, part of your background because you bring a great blend i thought it was really interesting for your coaching style and how you teach is your background in judging as well as fighting and now coaching. yeah a little bit about yes. how that all blends together uh I don't know, man. It kind of blends together like Frankenstein's monster. It ain't supposed to work, but it works. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, thankfully, I have uh, I can kind of just smooth it out like I do, I guess. Um, but yeah, coming from someone I was not the most successful fighter, I didn't set out to be a world champion, but I fought for fun. I love being in the gym, so I've always sat back and gotten to observe over time. I mean, I stopped fighting eight years ago, but I was training way before that. Uh, so I've always been able to sit back and help coaches. Um, I've cornered a lot of fights, so I've always had questions about judging and repping. And, you know, you learn as you go. And then um, I realized, you know, you. Uh, I have to, uh, when I coach and I judge, I have to make sure I coach my guys that they can pull ahead or know what the judges are going to look for. It doesn't mean, like, you know, fight for points. No, I, I told you guys, like, hey, you know, the, the finish comes but you have to be ready to go all three rounds. And you have to know it's going to keep you safe for all three rounds and to pull ahead of even in situations and exchanges. Like I told you guys, of, uh, hey, man, here's how you're going to exchange. Here's how you win back this exchange to pull ahead in the judge's eyes. And people go, oh, that's a lot less reckless. And that's what I'm after. Bingo. And I think to that point, one of the big takeaways I took away from it was even – the mentality and the approach to the rounds themselves. Like, okay, first round is just designated for this. We're designated for these types of exchanges. The second and third round, these types of exchanges will come, maybe living on, not living on the roads, but exchanges on the roads, or utilizing that. And then 
where does that come into play? The finishes will be in the second or third. The first round's more about establishing certain kind of goals and exactly and ranging or whatever we're looking for, the certain reads that we're getting. I like the word kind of reads in, in my opinion, but we can call it different things. But being able to see the reactions and, and the timing. And the other thing that I thought was really freaking awesome that I got to say, like, so Phil, one of our fighters that was up somewhere, he came up to me after, he's like, dude, I really love that style that we were talking about. So the blend between high boxing, kickboxing. Oh, yeah, Phil, man, he was awesome. I saw a huge improvement over him. And then he brings home that first place in that tournament this past weekend. Um, yeah, Phil, like, uh, yeah, the, oh, the shell that I was teaching. Yeah, um, yeah, I, uh, like, like, I preach to guys. It's, um, like, I've, I've been lucky enough to do a lot of martial arts, and so I've kind of picked up on what works for me that, that is easy for me to coach and get across. And, like, I broke it down to you guys, uh, high shell, Dutch base, Western hands. And it all kind of, like, the Western hands, the, the roller shoulder, uh, roll forward the shoulders, work well with a tie shell. The Dutch base works well with a tie shell. If you're a bigger, thicker, kind of built like a truck or a tree like you are in the U.S., you have that wider base to fit that tie shell, which is great defensively uh, for countering kicks and for delivering power and balance. So it all kind of goes hand in hand, and it's just uh, what I've been working with for years, and what I kind of see helps me put together my my coaching game, if that makes sense. I mean, I hate saying that. That's weird for me to say, but, you know, I know how I like to coach, and this kind of helps me put everyone on the same page. Like, everyone at that seminar, once they understood that shell, we were all on the same page, and that's what you need to do. Like, I don't want to leave a seminar and have everyone go, what just happened? We're lost. I want us to all be on the same page now and 10 years down the road. Definitely, and that was what the biggest takeaway to me was. It's, it's, and this is something I, I, I kind of look at and I, I try and communicate to all the people that I work with, whether it's actual fighters or talking about fitness enthusiasts or anywhere in between other types of athletes. Well, people's goals is that you can have the best plan on paper, but if you don't actually understand or it's not applicable to the real life situation, it's all for shit, in my opinion. Like exactly, no, that's exactly it. Like I, even I tell people, I'm not the perfect coach. Like on paper. This will work. Uh, guess what? In real life, it sometimes goes wrong, but the more you understand the game, the in and the out, what happens in that third round, you understand, like, what it takes to get to that third round to pull back ahead. Like, on exactly. paper, you also need to have a backup plan. You don't, you don't write the end of the book first. <laughs> so this is a great ending. Now, how do I get there? <laughs> So, and that was like kind of the cool takeaway. And this is honestly, so for those that few people, and I'm sure many people actually are not necessarily know what we're talking about. That's why you got to come out to these seminars and come check out Trevor because the way that you're putting it together, and also I thought it was just fun the way you tap on those leg kicks and and put um, just the flow of the hands and feet together. And the, the key word to me jumped out there was flow. The way that you have that ability to be simultaneously make it relax. natural. I want natural flows, natural yeah. reps. Like none of us will knock out the same reps or combos or tempos, but they all have to flow together. And I'm always looking for that. Yeah, and that was another takeaway that I thought was really interesting. The way that you could say, relax, relax, and then snap and tight. Or So you're not – and I, the way I look at it from, from the physiological perspective, from the performance perspective, is you're being more efficient with our energy. So now from an energy oh, perspective, I am a you're not lazy wasting person. gas, I right? am lazy. You need to be efficient. <laughs> like, I am not – like, I see these guys that work really hard to have hard, explosive kicks in a fifth round. But then I see the guys 
that are loose and staying ahead and gaining ground by not trying as hard, by staying loose, by using the proper technical reps to pull ahead, man. Like, yeah, it's cool to have explosive power in the fifth round. You might need that in a fight, like, two or three times if you know how to fight. And I was telling you guys that, where it's like, yeah, this base allows you to explode when necessary. If you're always trying to explode, man, you do that. Like, it's kind of hard to do that. That's not for everybody. That's a one-in-a-million kind of person. I like exactly. to have a style that can, that can work well for everybody over the course of a fight. And that, a big thing about that is knowing how to conserve your energy, how to do damage over time without exerting yourself. Bingo. And that's replicable. So like you said, if not – if you're not born with that genetic gift of fast twitch, powerful muscles, that's I'm sure, and even from my perspective, that's, that's something we definitely work on in the, the, the weight room and, and with the performance coaching side of it. But there's only so much sometimes you can be able to bring someone to. So to be able to oh, then yeah. simultaneously have the technique and the loose efficiency of movement and then saying, all right, cool, we still have explosive power left in the third or fifth round, whichever round we're going to earn later in the 12 rounds for a boxer or anything like that, not even just add icing on the cake. Exactly. I'll tell people, man, a loose five-piece combination can do way more damage than one big punch when someone's tired and along the ropes. And that was something that I think Phil took away most than anything else, and that was kind of cool that I saw, like, the light bulb switch in his head because something that we're going to continuously work on, especially with him, is the ability that I call shifting gears mid-combo. So let's say the first two punches are light and rangy, and then we're going to hit, like, hook, hook hard to the body, and that'll set up a big head kick to finish. I don't know. Exactly. You know what I mean? When you have that balance, no, and that's exactly what I like. Um, When I talk about that flow, I talk about, you know, putting that person in a washing machine, that left, right, right, left, Bingo. You can still create balance on the same side, like the hook, hook. That first hook will be snappy. That second hook is the power shot. That's your time and place to build that or to deliver that power shot. Um, when you keep that wide base, it's very easy. And like you talked about, to change gears. When you find that hard opening shot, and you know it's there. You can deliver without sacrificing your uh, defense and your range. And it all travels out the exact same. Bingo. And I thought that was such a huge takeaway. And that's why I was so excited to get you on the podcast. Because really, that was the main talking point I wanted to kind of dive into. But now I kind of want to backtrack a little bit for people because that was a really huge point. And I want to kind of pull back a little bit and talk a little bit more about kind of your experience in it from we were talking about obviously from a fighter side, but also from the judging side, something that you see that I feel like there's not a lot of judges that come on and talk too much about what they're looking at and what they're looking to see. So I thought it would be unique, again, if you feel comfortable talking about some of the things that you're looking for from that perspective and some of the things that you could think could help a fighter to understand. Because sometimes we'll look at a fight and be like, what was that judge looking at? What did they see? I don't understand. Yeah. Right? Well, uh, so there's always, like, that people talk about damage. Um, I tell people... Like, so, for example, like, uh, damage, you know, uh, points, you're not going to really score too many points off of pitter-patter, but you can turn the fight around with that. So I tell people, like, yeah, if the fighter came in and landed, let's say one guy comes in, lands a big shot, the other guy has five, six punches, he gets hit with a big shot, but he lands all five, six lighter punches, backs the guy off and regains control, that guy's one big shot wasn't that effective, if that makes sense. Now, if yeah. let's say that guy has five, six hot shots, gets cracked with a hard counter, you see his ass fall out and he goes back, that guy won, the, won that exchange. Um, I'm big about seeing what will negate what actually hits. 
Like, for example, like some people, they just throw a kick. A judge goes, oh, well, that guy's just throwing kicks. Okay, what the fuck is that kick doing? Did that guy check it? That guy catch it? Did he negate it? I'm always big about the back and forth and who can retake control of a certain situation and pull ahead. So while I'm always looking for damage, how effective was that damage in the fight? Like, okay, they maybe landed like three or four big shots. Was that guy really hurt? Did that guy still win everything outside of those four or five big shots? And that's what a lot of it comes down to. Some judges will go, oh, that guy clearly did damage. I'm like, but did he? Did he really do damage? He just landed right. big shots. He didn't really do damage. Does that make right. sense? That totally that, makes that, sense. And I think that's such a powerful insight. Yeah, it's just one of those things of, uh, you know, even, like, people knowing what knees to look for that do damage. Like, running man knees aren't going to do too much damage. However, if that guy's doing running man knees and that dude has a bitch body and that guy's crumbling from running man knees, those knees are doing damage throughout the fight. So that guy's tying up and you see that guy kind of wilting into clenching those knees, you're going to look at those knees differently than someone getting hit with knees and not being affected by them. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. Like, I can, the yeah. same thing that I think of maybe just, there might be a good example is if we're, we're getting hit with running man knees, even though not really doing damage, but immediately the other person will fire back the hard You're breaking up a little bit. Oh, you're breaking up a little bit. How about that? Am I breaking up? Oh, I can hear you. Ah, uh, we're back, y'all. We're back. Are you there, God? It's me, Trevor. There we go. <laughs> can you hear me now? <laughs> can you hear me now? Yeah. So, that, so yeah, basically, to the takeaway to me sounds like we hit those running man knees, right? We don't do the damage. We're not crumbling. We're not even really wincing. It doesn't even really let in the body. They're, they're, they're just doing that to say, so, yeah, some guys will throw those running man knees just to show some kind of control in the clinch and, and prevent that person from working around the knees. You know, so from there, then you kind of look at, okay, how effective is the clinch control from that person? You kind of have to look at the chain of events from that, if that makes sense. Totally, yeah. That's, like, so, so some I, guys will do running man knees just to, to stall on time and get some control over the ropes, which then, guess what? That rope control could be a big factor. Uh, and, like, showing dominance in that clinch, like, gaining position. Like, okay, he wasn't doing damage, but he used those running man knees to gain a dominant position over the ropes and kind of kind of stall out time. And I'm like, oh, man, he's kind of giving control now, so you got to give him points for that. It's, uh, I mean, shit, you got to look at it, just everything goes. <laughs> yeah, and what I is that's... the, uh, what causes the bigger reaction in that exchange? Uh, what's actually working, who's covering, and who's not? I, so, kinda, I mean, it's just like a, it's a constant just back and forth battle, and, and, uh, the great thing about, you know, coaching is that I kind of always have to stay on top about, ooh, when can this person return back? I've seen this happen in a fight. Okay, how do you come back from this big shot to win that exchange? And every judge's viewpoint is going to be different from whatever martial arts background they've done. I kind of just, I look at it as like chaotically neutral. Ah, that's a very interesting way to put it, chaotically neutral. I like that. Yeah, chaotically neutral. I mean, that's the only way to look at it. Like, even if I do know the people fighting, I don't give a shit. Thanks. Who's doing the more effective work? And I'll tell people, like, win or lose, like, hey, Here's kind of what happened. I'm not supposed to tell you, but you're my buddy. Straight up, this is how you lost. And a lot of times they'll go, ah, well, you're not wrong. And I go, there you go. And it's also just how I look at it. Some judges are a bit more kick favorite, knee favorite, stuff like that. 
some judges don't even know how to judge it, like, dumps and sweeps in America. So that's a totally different subject. Ugh. <laughs> so I'm laughing just because I can totally understand, especially there, for for some people, they can just be uneducated. I think maybe the the useful word here is as far as how valuable it can be or, or unvaluable it can be, depending on what, like you said, damage and control that was done. And even as you mentioned in the seminar, thinking about ring control, like even if let's say neither of us is throwing or exchanging, but if you're dancing with your back to the ropes and I'm pressuring you and I'm controlling where the fight is happening, even without a lot of strikes landing, that could be favorable. That could oh, be absolutely. Yeah, if, if we're not really doing damage to each other, but I'm controlling you constantly into the ropes, and I keep suffocating the ring off from you, I'm winning from ring control at that point. Bingo. That's a big thing. That's exactly a big thing. Man, Trevor, you're dropping knowledge here, dude. We're dropping good knowledge. I'm trying to, man. I'm just kind of strolling back to the house and uh, after teaching all day. So I stopped talking, and I go, what was I just talking about? <laughs> all the I awesome kinda, whenever, whenever I Whenever I have a podcast or I'm on a podcast, I just go, did I answer the question or did I just ramble again? <laughs> Maybe both. But I think I think as long as one of those is happening, it's a good time. Especially from the That's always a good time. That's how stop it. <laughs> so one thing I always like to do is try and keep it within about this like fifteen minute window because I start to know that when we look at all of our stats, the analytics, the marketing side of the company always lets me know like, hey man, just try and keep it around here. So what I'd like to do is leave the platform to you for this last little bit and and really kind of leave and then we'll go through a um, little bit more where people can find you and, and all that fun shout-out stuff, but just something to kind of leave the audience with. It doesn't necessarily have to be to the fighters in the audience, really, just because we, we do have our fighters that listen, competitors and all that fun stuff. We also have a lot of fitness enthusiasts, just people that want to listen for multiple reasons, but I always just kind of leave the platform to you for the last one a bit and put a message out there. Uh, repeat that last part. Sorry, the phone keeps going in and out. So... Really, I'm just giving you the platform, and I want you to drop some knowledge or really any kind of a leading message or coming message to the audience. Drop knowledge about anything I want to? Bingo. Okay, guys. So when you're making the perfect peanut butter and jelly sandwich, you do not buy store brand bread or peanut butter and jelly. You always have to go for the good stuff. No. Um, I don't know. My favorite thing to talk about is peanut butter and jelly. <laughs> no. Um, when – uh. Oh, man, platform is mine to talk. I tell people right now, um, if you're looking to get into martial arts of any kind, um, do not bring your ego into it. If you find a place that may be ego-driven, eh, walk away. Find a place that suits you and learn how to have fun, man. Um, I'm big about martial arts being for everyone. Um, also, the term martial arts has changed drastically. This is no longer the, uh, the black belt martial arts world. Respect is earned through uh, respect, like plain and simple. Real recognizes real. So, uh, you know, like if you find a place that is hell-bent on making the – or like a, a coach that is hell-bent on creating like a democracy inside the gym, and it's not fun, it might not be a good place. Like, you know, you see these gyms, it's natural. Find a community, and that will be the gym for you. That makes sense, you know? Stay away from these people that might be kind of uh, – I am the coach. Listen to me. No one else. Stay away from those guys, people. Find something that clicks for you. It might not even be the gym that you thought you were looking for, to be honest. Like, I see lots of guys try out big-name gyms and go, I am growing way better because of the community elsewhere. 
So I tell people, martial arts for everyone. Go do it. Find a place that fits for you. Like you guys, God, I can't wait to come back down. We're my favorite group of goofy savages I've ever met. Dude, you fit, and that's we loved having you down there. It was just a perfect like summarization of kind of how we like to roll, if that makes sense. And, and you just fit right in. It was, that's why it was so awesome and exciting to me to get you on the podcast and get you to talk about it and have the audience listen because I know they're going to love this stuff. Especially, you know, when you talk about peanut butter and jelly sandwich, everyone that knows me knows I love peanut butter. I'll put peanut butter on anything. <laughs> I knew I could so pull you back in with that. <laughs> <laughs> so I think it's for me especially. So, again, I want to kind of recap for, for the seminar. It's Myrtle Beach. May 4th, the link is below. We've got the GoFundMe below. Chance Muay Thai. Um, again, the link's below. Come on down. Now, if someone wants to come down to your gym and they're in your area, they want to train with you, how should they go about getting in touch with you? Or even if they want to come to a seminar, how should they go about doing it? Should they just show up? Should they reach out ahead of time? Let's show up. Yeah, um, I, I have a very open-door program with my uh, school. Um, I rent out space inside another facility, so it's very stress-free for me. Um, I'm actually inside of a traditional martial arts school, but it's not a very ego-driven place. It's very family-oriented, so it's a good mix. Um, that's at White Tiger Martial Arts in Cary. It's a, like, 20-some-odd thousand square foot facility. Um, I rent out match space in there, and come on down anytime you're in the area. I have a very welcoming policy. Um, May 4th, the seminar in Myrtle Beach is at Fitness Edge. That, just show on up and have fun. Awesome. Awesome. I'm actually really excited because one of our fighters is actually going to be moving to Gary, um, or I think in that area, one of our guys, Mike, and uh, uh, he already knew. He's like, yeah, man, I got to go to Chance Muay Thai with Trevor. So he's going to, I think he's going to oh, be there. I love meeting him. He competed this past weekend, right? He did. Yeah, he yeah he won the, the, the grand champion belt. But, and he's the one that trained, I want to say, six or seven months. And, like, I just think it's funny they call it the grand champion. It's like a mini belt. You know what I mean? It's not like <laughs> a real size belt. I just think it's hilarious. Oh, he's going um, to wear that belt for days. <laughs> of course, dude. That's he's, already, I, he's, I, already, he's, he's, he's already gone home and taken selfies of wearing nothing but the belt. Oh, I, <laughs> we were attacking George about that in the gym. But that's a perfect example. <laughs> I'm excited for him to get into the gym with you and for you to just level him up. And for me to see him in another six months to a year, I know that he's going to be a monster. It's just a perfect example of, you know, how it's going to continue for growth. So I, I always like to say, I appreciate you taking the time, especially after a nine-hour day of just running through the time and teaching and people and talking all day. And I know how draining it can be, so I really appreciate you carving out some time for us and just kind of kicking it with us. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I love that it, uh, I just walked in my door, so it was the perfect uh, walk time. Boom, <laughs> well, you see that? It's all about timing. There it is. Hey, just like the seminar, it's just about timing. Ha-ha, I see what you did there. I see how you brought it out. Nah, and that's also another thing, people. Hey, man, if you don't do martial arts, go do martial arts. You'll kind of find out that martial arts kind of helps with everything. That's a fact. Uh, I martial think that's arts the best way is to everything. Yeah, the martial way to arts up. is everything. All right, well, I hope you guys understood my ramblings enough because, like I said, I was exhausted. <laughs> So I appreciate you taking the time, man. Thank you so much. We can't wait to have you back at Royal. And everybody, give me a follow. Check out Chance Muay Thai. Check out the seminar. Show support. Hit the fun, the GoFundMe account below. And, yeah, we'll catch you guys next time on the next episode. Can't wait to see you again, brother. Later, man. <laughs> Later now. So I just wanted to say thank you guys again for 
watching, listening, consuming that episode. If you guys enjoyed it and you haven't already, please like, uh, please comment. If you haven't reviewed, please leave a review. If you haven't followed or subscribed, please do that as well. Again, it tremendously helps us out. And then just a quick reminder, if you guys want more resources, we have them below. We have our programs, everything from free all the way up to paid and kind of everything in between. Dial in with the customization and we have more information on different programs and resources in our newsletter. So if you haven't signed up for that, do so below. It's free and that is it y'all. See you on the next one.